Welcome to Spoilers Intended, a podcast about series, novels, and films. For this episode, sweat will bead, fighters will bleed, no one is willing to concede, and an old franchise will succeed. That's right, we're talking Creed. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. I'm Stephen Ford, joined as always by Joel Killingsworth. Hello. And Andrew Knuckles. Hello there. I am subverting expectations. I, it's the wrong episode. I know. I just realized that. I feel I'm so, so disappointed in myself. And and I'm disoriented. So. And, well, and that's the thing is this episode may air before that other episode may air. So the people that are listening to this may have no idea what joke that is. Congratulations. You have alienated our listeners. No, this is meta. It's meta. If you don't get it, then you're just not hip enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's a much simpler solution. This is all edited out, and we start over again. <laughs> I don't know. We could leave it in. Actually, we could leave it in and start over again. Hey, everybody, <laughs> welcome to the show. I'm Stephen Ford, joined as always by Andrew Knuckles. Hello. And Joel Killingsworth. Hello. Now it's really meta. <laughs> Especially if Andrew edits that out. Oh, <laughs> oh no, that is, that is all staying in. Okay. Uh, just like me And sneezing. the thing is, like, we went clockwise around the triangle and now we're going counterclockwise around the triangle and so even though it's the correct order i'm still disoriented you spin me right around <laughs> baby right anyways <laughs> so as we've already alluded to we are talking 2015's creed which could technically be rocky five i you know i hesitate because i wasn't mm, rocky six there's a 2006 rock you're right yes there was. that's why i hesitate because like wait a rock, I it could count. be rocky six yeah <laughs> Could be, but, but it this is more of a reboot of the franchise. It's technically listed as a spinoff is what I've seen. It, it is, yeah. yeah. Even though it still has the main characters. But anyways, moving forward, he's not the main character. Mm -hmm. He's certainly not doing any pro-tagging. No. No. But before we jump into discussion on that, we're going to talk a little bit about some sports movies. We're going to... Sports sports stories. Doesn't have to be a movie. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Mine's sports, not a movie. Sports stories. We are going to go directly into some of this podcast member's deep end and into others' shallower end. <laughs> Stop looking at me. <laughs> that would have much greater effect. I don't like you. it. Don't like it. So, do we go shallow to deep or deep to shallow? Shallow to deep is how you do it in the pool, so... Joel goes first. Joel All can right. go first. <laughs> so, I had to really... Uh, dig deep on this one to come up with anything at all. I've seen my fair share of sports films, but have not liked very many of them and didn't feel right pitching them if I myself wouldn't go see them again. So uh, we, we looked through the annals of history and came up with something that I am <laughs> willing to espouse. You are, you are morally comfortable. <laughs> right. Uh, and that is uh, Real Steel. This is a film starring uh, Hugh Jackman, and it is set in kind of a near future uh, USA where robot boxing is a legitimate sport. So it's rock and sock and robots, but the movie. Yeah, but real big. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's kind of it's it's kind of your stereotypical 
uh, comeback story of a, uh, you know, an athlete who has been good at a particular sport in this case, boxing, boxing. Do, do you know when this was released? Uh, it was teens. Yeah, of 2000. It, was, it was teens. Okay. I can look it up. I, I was just trying to peg it to how popular BattleBots was at the time. BattleBots. Yeah. You know where they had the robots, the, the little robots drive around, they fight each other. Uh, Real Steel was 2011. Pretty close to when so it was pre-teens. Popular. Okay. Uh, but anyway, so uh, th- this fellow has has been big before in the mechanized boxing arena mm-hmm. and is kind of um, putting everything on the line for a comeback. And he's kind of using this to try to connect with his kid, uh, which he hasn't really been around uh, for them at all. And um, so it kind of it kind of follows the stereotypical plot lines going mm-hmm. forward with a science fiction twist. Okay. okay. Yeah. Pretty fair. Uh, I remember whenever this movie came out and mm-hmm. I saw it and I was like, that's Rock'em Sock'em Robots. That's kind of <laughs> cool. And then I didn't go see it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember being like, oh, Wolverine is going to box with the robots now. And I also did not go see it. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we'll, we'll move into slightly deeper territory. I'll go. Sure. <laughs> Similar to Joel, this was also a difficult choice, not for the same reasons. It was just difficult because I had too many options <laughs> to choose from. I was like, I really like sports movies. I haven't seen all of them that exist, but I really like them. And you haven't seen some of the ones that like some people consider like some of the top tier. I'm fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, I've been living this life for Steven a while. Steven is the hipster. Anyways. So we're going to reach back a little bit. I don't totally remember when this movie came out, but it's been a while. Uh, I think it was 88. Yeah, it's, it's late 80s sounds good. Uh, and we're going to go with A League of Their Own. So this is a really fantastic movie based uh, around the real thing that happened in at the beginning of World War II. All the men went off to war. 92. Oh, wow. Okay, it's a little earlier or a little closer to God, it's 30 years old. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but World War II happened. All the men, men went off to war and suddenly you could not field a baseball team. Yeah. And they said, well, how do we fill this void of entertainment? And they created a, the Women's Professional Baseball League and promoted that and put them on tour. And of course, this is the 40s. It's kind of almost a, a – it, well, it is a controversial thing to do and it's kind of racy in subtext of, oh, women are out competing in sports. They're sweating. Yeah. Short sleeves. Oh, my. <laughs> uh, Them Elmos. The <laughs> elmos or El- Elbows? Elbows? Elbows would be the proper pronunciation <laughs> yeah. if I chose to use it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, after that interesting <laughs> Freudian slip. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine Elmo playing baseball. A whole, no Elmo, a whole, a whole bunch of Elmo. <laughs> this was the solution to the lack of baseball in World War II puppets. Ah, <laughs> uh, I found the teaser. Anyways, so we follow a particular team, uh, specifically two sisters who are on the team. Uh, one of whom is Gina Davis. I can't remember the other actor or actress's name. It's been a while. It's been a while for me as well. I, Madonna is in this movie of of all the interesting choices, as well as um, oh wow, I just blanked out her name. O'Donnell. Oh, uh, Rosie O'Donnell. Rosie O'Donnell Nailed. and and Tom Hanks. Well, that was where I was going. <laughs> they they are joined by their a, a typical trope in sports movies. 
their failed last chance individual, who is Tom Hanks in this mm-hmm. case, to be their manager, a former famous baseball player who has fallen out with injuries and alcoholism, et cetera. And yeah, hijinks ensue. There are a lot of great quotes in this movie. It's really funny. It's heartwarming. It, it just hits all the right notes. You know, sports movies usually cut, they come to you and you have the underdog and you, you know the underdog's going to come through, right? That's why we, we've but signed that's up That's why you this. watch yeah. it, yeah. We're not here to just watch the Yankees just drub everybody in front of them. That's <laughs> not a movie. So you know how things are going to work, uh, but they do a really good job with the relationship between the sisters and kind of the competitive competitiveness there. And there's a lot of side stories because America's at war and, you know, tragedies happen in war. So these these kinds of things come up and, mm-hmm. and other stuff. And it's just it's a really interesting kind of a, a I would call it a period piece because it is very set in that era mm-hmm. of America yeah. and the, the attitudes, et cetera, all at play. So it's. It's a fun ride that has a, a lot to offer, I would say. Yeah. And remember, there's no crying in baseball. There's no crying in baseball. There's no crying in baseball. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Perfect quote. Andrew? Uh, okay. <laughs> so I love a good underdog story. As most sports movies it, do as well. And shows. I hate watching sports. But I yes. love sports movies and I love sports anime and TV shows. Was For whatever priest? reason. Yeah, it's really weird. I've I've never I I just don't like going to watch sports uh, on TV or in person or anything like that. It just doesn't interest me. Yeah. But I love when I can get behind an underdog character and root for them and watch them go through the full arc of their character development, right? Mm-hmm. So, I picked um a 2015 anime called Megalobox and it is set in the near future where there is um, basically underground boxing that, um, or not really underground boxing, just boxing in general, has kind of adapted itself to where the boxers now wear these kind of metal frames over their arms, which gives them basically harder punches mm-hmm. and they can defend themselves and stuff. And So this is the 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 precursor to real steel. Yes. In the same universe, basically. Yeah. It's uh, like you have brass knuckles, this thing, and real steel. Yeah. <laughs> Hugh Jackman is one of the characters in this. He's getting ready to fail. So this this pretty much encompasses all of the, the classic underdog tropes mm-hmm. where you have the... Um, uh, the the good at what he does, but um, disgraced boxer mm-hmm. that is, um, you know, fighting his way up from the bottom all the way up to the top. And then you have the disgraced and substance abuse um, mentor slash coach. It's almost like the same sports story has been told a million times. Yeah. And um, and he is, you know, helping Joe get, you know, be lifted up. But the whole the, the whole kind of um, uh, catch with this is that Joe, the main character, mm-hmm. He doesn't wear the metal frame. He just boxes with no metal frame. He just boxes with his bare. Oh, so he starts fist. with brain damage. Oh, so he's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. Um, he doesn't get it in the ring. Joel, Joel just, and I both jump on that. Like, wait he a just minute. Brought it. It's like I know what you guys are here for, and I've already got it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I have the edge. Uh, well, so one of the one of the the edge quotation marks is that because he doesn't have metal frame, he's substantially faster. Sure. And um, the, the, the metal frame doesn't cover, like, their face or anything like that. So if they're still normal people. If you hit someone in their chin, they're still going to go down regardless mm-hmm. of whether they have a metal frame mm-hmm. on, you know, helping them. Right. Um, so there's two seasons of this show. 
And this is one of the very rare cases that the first season is fantastic. The second season is a masterpiece. Wow, okay. that is not common in anime and it, or and, anything really. Well, and the fun thing was too is so the first season came out and everyone loved it and it was great and it was a complete story and then they were like oh we're gonna come out with season two and everyone's like, like we don't want this yeah like why are you giving us this and then we basically got all the way through the second season and i was like this was better than the first mm-hmm. because it, it it basically flips everything on its head and mm-hmm. it goes to another better character driven story than what the first one was which mm-hmm. is already really good okay that's that's actually really impressive because i would have assumed that it wasn't a complete story because mm-hmm. generally, you know, I'll know a zero. I'm looking at yeah. you. Generally, once the first season is a complete arc, the storytelling after that's just going to be bad. Yeah. No, but this, I mean, seriously, this is a fantastic um, boxing anime. And um, this, this rivals probably one of the best um, boxing stories um, for TV, which is Hajime no Ippo, uh, which is kind of the classic quintessential, like basically Rocky level of um just, just rocky uh, in japan. yeah yeah uh there there is a rocky in japan in the show it's it's really uh, yeah it's just one of those things yeah i i can see it yeah but i oh man i love sports okay well on shows the, oh <laughs> you a caveat and i know i was about to i'm gonna i'm gonna clip that other bit out and bring that up. <laughs> i oftentimes feel alone Anyways, though, moving forward, Andrew loves sports shows, and we're here to talk about a sports movie, that being Creed, a.k.a. Rocky Rocky Six. Six. (laughs) (laughs) Joel, you want to give us a synopsis? Yeah, so we have our main character, who is the illegitimate son of Apollo Creed, and he is found by uh, Apollo's wife, who has survived him, and the widow. child's... She's called a widow. Widow, yes. And uh, the child's mother has also died, and he's been in the foster system for a couple of years. And as a way to honor her husband's memory, she finds this child and, and adopts him. Mm-hmm. And so he grows up in a, a privileged home after his experience in the foster system. And has a nice job and a comfy place to live and all of this. And it's just not fitting him. He is he is not content. Mm. And he uh, continues to pursue uh, boxing. And it's and it's ostensibly because he wants to be like his father. But there's there's more of an angry edge to it that kind of gets explored as the film goes yeah. on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he quits his job, says, I know you don't want me to, to be a part of this life, mom, but I'm, I've got to follow my dream and kind of has a, has a, uh, an angry, bitter separation from, from his adopted mother um, over this issue as he sets out on his own uh, to, to try to make a name for himself in the boxing world where he kind of cajoles his way into getting Rocky Balboa to be his trainer. Mm -hmm. Um, And from there, uh, brutal boxing hijinks ensue. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good word for it. So on that note, do we want to give some scores? So first up we have our technical score and that's based on our four pillars of review being the spectacle, the performance, the score and the plot. That score is an 8.8 out of 10. That is very high. Very high. Especially for a sports 
related thing because like, right, yeah. there are two people here who do not like sports <laughs> i just i want to keep driving that home i like sports movies thank you very much no no you went to a football game last week last weekend and or, enjoyed it yeah oh i loved it yeah it was just fun saying, to watch i'm just saying <laughs> just wearing them down I, I will not follow wearing them down sports. anyways continue now so we also have an entertainment value yes. score that we keep separate because you can you can like objectively bad stuff and you can dislike critical masterpieces. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in this case, uh, we have a slight deviation uh, in the score, bringing it down actually uh, to an eight point three out of ten for entertainment. Wow, it actually came down a mm-hmm. fair chunk. I'm uh, half half a half a tenth. Yeah, that's that's half a, a point five tenths. There you go. Zero point well, five. <laughs> well, and so that, that's actually not surprising because one, I know Joel doesn't really like. Um, sports, mm-hmm. general stuff. And then I actually don't really know if you like boxing at all, Stephen. Oh, uh, so I, I, love, to... I love boxing. I have, I have a heavy bag and a speed bag in my basement and I utilize them quite often. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I love boxing. It's, it's fun. And I took lessons for a hot minute. I, I also like boxing. Uh, that's my, my score is a contributor to this and this, the boxing isn't the issue that, that hurt it. Okay, but that's we'll, fair. We'll, yeah. we'll get into that both a, a well, little bit you, right now. Sometimes the theme <laughs> just, you know, just doesn't jive with you. Uh, something like that. Yeah. 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 Okay, so I'll just go because I'm already talking. Go for it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this, this is, um, you know, kind of like we alluded to earlier, this is essentially more of a spinoff or reboot of, of the Rocky franchise, which mm-hmm. was, um, you know, basically started in the 70s, ended in the 80s, and then kind of came back in the mid-2000s, and then now it's here yeah. in the Creed. There's there's two Creed films. and I There's actually a third one that's either released I, or in production. I think it's in production, okay. if I remember correctly. So this is probably one of the most... Um, uh, um, I don't re- not relatable, but it's it's very um, it treats a lot of the nostalgia of like what you would th- what you see a lot of these other companies and stuff doing with uh, Star Wars in particular, where they're like you know they're pointing and like you know you see Rocky Balboa mm-hmm. on screen and then you're like oh you know the mm-hmm. Leo- Leonardo meme where he's pointing at the screen. Yeah, re- yeah. Re- remember the thing you yeah. like the thing. It's, Here's the thing. This is not that movie. They they no, treat a lot of the nostalgia from the older films with a lot of respect. And there, there's only two parts of the film that I could point to and say this is a direct reference to a shot from from a Rocky film. Yeah. Um, whereas everything else feels very built from the ground up and mm-hmm. and earned and standing on its own merit. Yeah, and you and you actually don't well actually Joel can probably um uh be more paramount to this is um I don't think that you really need to see any of the other Rocky films no. to to see this one no. and understand it. Yeah. Not at all. So there's there's the title sequence, right, where uh you, you have the the scene between um Apollo's widow mm-hmm. and uh the main character and and he asks, did you know my father? And she said, yeah, he was my husband. And he says, what was his name? And then it, and it goes to Creed, right? Yeah. And like, you don't get that hit unless you already knew and loved the character. That is true. Yeah, that's, um, that's valid. So, so there, there are little things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the most over the top one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like it's. It's boxing. It is a very um, relatively by the books. It's almost just Rocky one. The it, it is the plot. There's so much going on here, especially with the actual arc of the fighting. That is just Rocky one. Mm-hmm. 
there are a lot of subplot pieces in Rocky One that you don't see here, and that oddly enough, that might have actually hurt it a little bit. Really, I'll, I'll be curious to hear what you what you yeah, say I mean, we'll, about we'll that. Yeah, we'll go in deep into that spoiler spoiler heavy zone past the spoiler wall. Uh, yeah, I there's just some bits that just didn't hit as well. I do agree with you that for as much nostalgia mining as we have in this day and age, mm-hmm. they handled it really well. Yeah. Uh, another one that we uh, cited for this was uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife mm-hmm. doing it very well. Yeah. And I think they did this better here. I would agree. Than yeah. That. Well, cause they only had, um, you, you know, they, it's, it's really easy to pull a lot of the old footage mm-hmm. from, from the other films and play it just hammered over the heads mm-hmm. of like, this is Apollo Creed, you know, yeah. they really only show them like, Two times. Yeah. And yeah. both are in very flashes or um, there's just a really cool sequence at the beginning of the film where uh, Michael B. Jordan, the main character, is kind of watching the old Rocky old footage. Um, yeah. And old you, have, footage. you have a really good opportunity because in lore, like all of the really cool things that the character did in his fights and stuff, well, that's all televised in, yeah. in the world of the story. And so you can pull that version of the footage and have it being shown uh, and it makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. as opposed to just being, hey, remember this thing? Remember this thing you yeah. love? Um, yeah. So like that. And then there's like newspaper clippings and that kind of thing going on. Like all just they they, they feel very natural. Yeah. Um, and um, I will say, too, like I love the music in this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does. You know, you 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 do get the eventual like classic Rocky mm-hmm. music, but that they save it until the end, you know, and that's the best time to do it. And all of the other music is completely new and, um, and modern for, you know, today's audiences. Yeah. And, and like to talk about how the music was utilized, there's there, I think the pinnacle of artistry in, in the film is the first major fight. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, where, and this, this isn't really giving anything away, but the fight takes about four and a half minutes and it is one shot. And, and a true one shot. There, there are no cuts at yeah. all. So oh, the whole man. thing is choreographed for these actors to be boxing each other for four and a half minutes while the camera is in the ring with them in reality, right? And, 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 and you've got characters outside the ring that they have to be saying their lines while the camera is looking at them mm-hmm. as it's panning <laughs> around the fighters and stuff. And so you got the choreography, you've got... Uh, just, I mean, the actors have to be having the stamina to keep up this action mm-hmm. while they're doing all this choreography without any breaks and and doing it perfectly. Because like you make a mistake three minutes in, okay, that's four and a half minutes. You got to do it again. again. Yep. And and the music in that part really supports it because at the beginning, you don't. It feels like there's no music, but then you realize if you're paying attention that there's a going on in the background that's just barely there because there's a lot of noise from the crowd and it's just barely there to keep your tension up as you subliminally absorb it. Right. Right. And so it gets really hard to tell, well, was that always there? I, I don't know. And so there's just the score, the cinematography, the choreography, every bit of artistry that went into this film kind of peaked kind of early, which is, which is maybe a little sad, but Mm -hmm. it, it regardless, it was a huge achievement. Yeah. And, you mentioned having the stamina to go for that long and you mess up, you have to do it again. I know Andrew already said he boxed mm-hmm. three minutes in a ring is like a long an time. Eternity. Yeah. Yeah. It is forever. So doing that and it 
it, hopefully they got it in one take. But if they did that, say three takes, that was a really long day. That was yeah. an exhausting day to get that to work. Yeah, it is. Um, it is a, an understatement when you when you think about it from the sense of like, oh, three minutes is really not that long. Just you know, sitting here talking mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. But three minutes when you are actively watching your opponent dodging or, or blocking his his shots while you are trying to do the same thing to him while you're also dodging and moving around the ring and and having a lot of awareness of what's going on listening to your second or your corner everything i mean it's just so much going on mm-hmm. that um and i can't even imagine the logistics that go behind a, a single one shot that's four and a half minutes long where it is like, I mean, the camera is like changing angles and mm-hmm. moving around and like directly behind the the boxers at I'm some not, point. I'm not sure there's a spot in that ring that the camera was not positioned in yeah. at some point. Yeah, yeah, it is absolutely fantastic to watch. And it is like a, a true masterpiece of, of a single. Like you can look shot. that up on YouTube. Even if you don't want to like, like the only thing you listen to is the spoiler free section of this episode and you don't really want to go watch the film. Fine. Go look up this sequence on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, it is it is fantastic. <laughs> and there there's there is a behind the scenes of it too. Yeah. Yeah. The the timing of that too, where they have the the boxers come together and they pull back and the camera focuses on one and the other one slides kind of slides in around the camera almost. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like they exit and re enter scene. So you could almost say, Oh, was this a cut? But no, it's the whole thing is just going and they're so hard. There's a reason why when it happens, you get you get behind the scenes of it happening and people talk about it. Because it's so hard to do because, you know, modern movie production, if you want to do this kind of one shot, everything in the set has to be You have to be able to see it. Yeah. It can't just be a lighting stand. And they have to have, the lighting has to be there because this is a really well lit ring and Mm -hmm. a very dark surrounding. And and the, 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 the characters, the boxers are taking damage, right? Like they're taking injuries to the face. Mm -hmm. And so like there's extra blood and stuff that gets added to them when they're off screen, when they're off screen. So like there's active makeup change that's happening (laughs) the whole time. People are popping up, dropping down, getting low. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It just, that kind of commitment to it is just really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there are other multiple one shots in the film, but nothing to to that level of intensity. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really serves to just shoot the 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 tension in mm-hmm. that fight way up. Because like there's already the emotional stakes are high. Yeah. And this just shoots it through the roof. And yeah. It amps it up so much. Mm-hmm. Anyone else have anything else to add? No. No. I mean, it's a fantastic film. Well, then. <laughs> It is time to dim the lights, blast that hype music, and introduce our next contender. In the blue corner, the heavyweight champion of the podcast, Spoilers! If going toe-to-toe with spoilers gives you pause, we understand. Before you hang up your gloves, be sure to check out our other content at spoilersintendedpodcast.com. But if you're ready to go the full 12 rounds, put in your mouth guard and watch out for that right hook. Alrighty, everyone. Welcome back. Hope you enjoyed that quick intermission. In case you didn't get the message, it is all spoilers. All the time. The bell has rung. The bell has rung. Ding, ding, ding. The clock is running. And it's time to talk about We only have three spectacle. minutes to go through Heck everything. no. <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing. That was just, just a rapid fire. Jab, 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 jab. Hook, 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 go. Nothing anyway. makes any sense. <laughs> spectacle. Joel. 
Uh, well, I gave this a nine. Okay. Out of 10. I was like, we've already talked about the first fight, right? Which is just, uh, and just it is a technical masterpiece that just like, you can't say enough good things about that. And the, the, the fact that you have this fight, which is like, it's, it's the first real fight of the film, mm-hmm. right? Where it's kind of a, well, if this doesn't go well, then his career could just evaporate and not exist. Yeah. Right. right. And so you have. And, and ruin his father's legacy. Yeah. Well, and, and there's, there's the tension in the background because, you know, the, the other, the other trainer knows who he is, yeah. where he's been trying to keep it on the down low. And so you kind of feel like, you know, he's already said, oh, well, yeah, Rocky, I'll, I'll keep your secret. And you're like, you're a liar. Yeah, yeah. you're so oily. <laughs> we all know that's not going to happen. the grease running off of your hair. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, at least it doesn't come out before the fight. Yeah, right. right. Like, like he, he only anonymously released it after the fact as a way to be like, well, yeah, okay, my son lost, but it was it was to Creed's son, so it's not that. It's not yeah, that exactly. It's a, yeah, it's an it's a good loss. Yeah, yeah, know? it's an honor to we, lose. We got to, the we got the moral victory in full effect here. <laughs> um, but then also like the training montages are fantastic. It's uh-huh. it's it's so hard to do a training montage that's engaging. Mm-hmm. And this one they managed to do not only like interesting technical work, like you're watching the actor do things that are physically challenging. Yeah. But also they managed to sprinkle in characterization and plot progression mm-hmm. in among the, the montage of just physical training, mm-hmm. uh, which I think just takes it, takes it up a, a whole notch and a half. And even more impressive, they gave us two training montages. Yeah. You, yeah. you get two and which I, I thought was really fun because most of the time, you know, you have, you really only get one before big the big one. fight. Yeah, before mm-hmm. the big fight. And both of them, like you were just saying, Joel, both of them gave us characterization. They gave us plot. They did a ton for the story other than just saying, hey, it's unrealistic that he could fight tomorrow. So let's put six months in here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, I mean, like uh, for a normal boxer's career, I mean, if you if you're fighting anywhere closer in the um, the vicinity of like every six months is probably too much. That, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a long time between boxing. Yeah, because you you need you basically normally need like two two months to recover fully, mm-hmm. and that, especially if it was a, a like a, a really heavy a, a hitting long yeah. fight, big hits. Yeah, um, and then you need probably another four or five months minimum to prepare for the next to one. Just, well, mm-hmm. just to get back, you need a couple months just to get back in shape. Yeah, because that recovery period, you're actually you're, you're not, not supposed to do anything. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to take it next. Sure. Joel gave it a nine. I gave it a 10. Ooh. I like the one shot. <laughs> the <laughs> one shot's amazing. We've been over it a lot. So I'm going to hit on some other things I liked. <laughs> a judicious usage of slow-mo. Mm-hmm. It is so easy in these types of movies for everything to be slow-mo. And they used it like twice. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's that was just all a little bit of spice, a little bit of, you know, just, just a bit as a treat. And it was really only for um just like the final climactic whenever he gets down for the the second time. Right. I feel like there was one early on in the movie that I can't totally place offhand, mm-hmm. but it was it was just just a pinch of salt, right? Yeah. And we didn't ruin the cookies. Mm-hmm. You do put salt in cookies, 
Yes. Don't at me. <laughs> no, I mean, you do. You're well, supposed to. The, and there was I'll say a, that for the listeners. This, I know isn't, you know. this isn't necessarily the slow-mo portion, but there was like, I think it was in the fight in Mexico. So very, very early on right. mm-hmm. where like uh, he goes and he knocks down the guy that he's fighting and the camera immediately like oh, goes ro- sideways with rotates it. and shifts yeah, so, so that it, it keeps the guy's face at the same orientation as mm-hmm. the whole world seems to revolve around him mm-hmm. as he's going down. Yep. And at that point, that's the first time that they've kind of flexed their sim- cinematography <laughs> muscles. Yeah. Yeah. You're going, oh, this is going to be a good one. Get it. Get <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I, I really liked was they did a really good job of, I, it's a movie, but the the way the movie is shot is, quote unquote, the real world. And then as the big fight happens and it's being televised broadcast, they did a great job of being able to really tell when you are watching what's on the TV versus when the camera is ringside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but then that was bringing in, you know, actual boxing commentators. They, they have, you know, the lower thirds with the HBO Sports. And... Right. Yeah. They have the, the overlays and they, they did. I don't know what they did and I couldn't find anything to tell me what they did. They did something, whether it was a frame rate shift. It would be a frame a, rate shift. A, or a sharpness. Mm-hmm. But you could clearly tell what was supposed to feel like from, from again, as someone who watches a lot of sports. You could tell what felt like what should be a television broadcast versus what was just you're really there in the action, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the the difference would be um, cinema is 24 frames per second, mm-hmm. and um, if you were just shooting HD video, it's going to be 29.97. Okay. Yeah. That that makes a big difference. Also, the the camera angles, right? Because mm-hmm. while the the viewer from a movie perspective can be right there in the ring with them, a, a television broadcast physically can't. So there are specific angles that these things are going to be shot at that yeah. you would say, oh, this is the television broadcast. And now the camera's in the ring right in Rocky's face or whatever. And you're like, okay, well, this is we're real, real world. And they did a good job, again, with the frame rate or whatnot shift where it was really easy to tell that switch. Yeah. So I really appreciated that. Mm-hmm. Andrew? Uh, I give it a nine. Okay. And I'm the high boy here. Well, so, um, I mean, we've already, you know, talked so much about the one shot. It's amazing. <laughs> um, so the the thing that actually kind of um, that basically knocked at one point for me was the the final fight. Um, I don't feel that they did enough for like after seeing what they yeah. did with the first fight. You're like, you could I know what you're capable of. And it's and it's such a hard thing, too, because it's a totally different type of fight. It right? is. Because mm-hmm. with the first one, it's very fast. Like mm-hmm. they go around and a half. Yeah. And in the second big fight. It's tw- it is, it's, it is, they, they go all the way to the end. It is a marathon. Yeah. And so you can't yeah. approach you, you, it the you same yeah, way. Yeah, you couldn't do it with a one shot that and, way. And there's oh, also. Lord. You could do one round as a one shot. Yeah. But like at the same time, they completely revert to just like they didn't even try. And there's sort of a homage to it in the approach to the ring, right? Mm-hmm. Because you have the camera following them in slightly uncomfortable paths where it's kind of going around yeah. columns and stuff following them. So you f- have the same feeling approaching the fight mm-hmm. as you did in the one shot fight earlier in the film. But then you just go to just a whole sequence of more traditional cuts. Yeah. And, and it's, it's just a tiny bit disappointing. And, and it, it is definitely one of those things where that is kind of an homage to the original Rocky yes. films mm-hmm. where, um, you have, um, you know, basically they would have like, it would show, you know, one quick little, like one round of Apollo beating up Rocky and then one round of Rocky beating up Apollo mm-hmm. and then just kind of going back and forth. And that's just a general Rocky trope, I think, or I mean, that's just kind well, of a boxing thing anyways, but. Well, they also, 
have parallels with the different because like the camera goes from the fight to Rocky, mm-hmm. whereas you go back to Rocky Run, it, it, Rocky One, it would be going from the fight to Mickey, yeah, or to uh, Bianca in the stands, where we go to Adrian. Yeah, it's, it's the same type of jumps to these specific people from basically the same height and angle. Yeah, because there are definitely a couple of shots where the camera is kind of not below the ropes, but it's a slightly lower angle as the and that felt very like rock yeah, yeah. And classic shots. Yeah, so like I you know I only knocked at one point um cuz the rest of the film is, is shot beautifully honestly mm-hmm. and um especially like the nightclub scenes whenever they're whenever she's performing um uh and then you know the training montages are fantastic. And the cool thing is to um so you know like I am not a boxer. I I like to box to be fit basically. And watching the speed that Michael Jordan or Michael B. Jordan um, uh, develops. Or? Well, no, he just the, the speed that he shadow boxes at, mm-hmm. it, like where it, just how fast he moves his hands is just absolutely just staggering mm-hmm. because he's an actor at the end of the day. Right. And he the, the shape that he got into to be in this role has to just I mean, he basically had to just become a boxer right, yeah, for you the can't, production. You can't yeah. just lift weights to get your arms big and then be like, well, I'm going to throw these punches. That's not how yeah. being fast at punching works. Like, there's there's just so much conditioning and stamina that you have to have to be able to do it mm-hmm. that quickly. It's like, speed back is one thing, you know, hitting the heavy bag, that's another thing. But the shadow boxing is just so impressive to me whenever I'm mm-hmm. just watching that, I'm just like, you, I mean, like you've been working out for pretty much a whole year at minimum to be able to do this. Well, speaking of the shadow boxing, we're still in spectacle. Uh, the bit where he has his dad's fights on the projector and he's shadow boxing oh, yeah. the projector. Oh yeah. Cause I see both y'all's points about, Hey, we got a one shot kind of early in the movie mm-hmm. and then the, and it the kind of cl- peaked and the then climax doesn't have that same feel. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think if they had had one round, that was it, a, yeah, especially if we did the flip, right? Because that first fight, we do a one shot and Jordan just beats the dog out of his opponent, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what if we had had a one shot where it's just his opponent just beating the living <laughs> daylights out of him? It's like, whoa, this is this is a weird feeling. Mm-hmm. So, and probably one of the other um, limiting factors was um, they were at like in the for the fir- for the first fight, they're in a much smaller it's arena way more that contained. is way more contained and more controlled compared to mm-hmm. an actual stadium that that this is kind of happening in. And um but yeah the the shot of him basically fighting his his dad or or fighting Rocky on the same right, like as his dad. Yeah, yeah. Is really cool because you could show that footage and show that kind of connection that he's trying to have with his father mm-hmm. in any other way. Yeah. And it would be either boring or, you know, you could just have him just watching the footage and that is not very engaging. And then the second, you know, he gets up and he starts fighting and he, he knows the punches that are being thrown mm-hmm. is just so it, it's it really hooks you in emotionally. Yeah. Well, especially as, again, a child who never knew his dad. Right. Well, what is the only way he can connect with him? Well, it's through old footage and he wants to imitate his dad. Right. And this yeah. is a really basic human desire played out on film in a really beautiful way. And then to touch back on the nostalgia baiting or rather lack thereof, like that is how you naturally build incorporate pulling in Mm -hmm. the pieces of nostalgia. It's completely plot relevant. It it develops his motivations. It tells you a ton. And yeah, sure. Do you like the thing? Well, here's Rocky one, Mm -hmm. but 
it's not the highlight of what's going on. No, it is it is just a realistic handling of the fact that you're telling a story that exists in the world that you already told stories in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's pretty much perfect. Speaking of maybe, we're gonna go into performance. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'll take this one first. I'm gonna try to I'm trying to shovel this around a little. Sure. Uh I gave it a nine. Yeah. And that may be high for y'all. I'm not sure. But the highlight here is Michael B. Jordan mm-hmm. and Sylvester Stallone interacting with each other. Yes. Oh, you can tell they have a genuine connection. Yes. And I love, love the way we got some humor and they had to play off each other with basically the, the generational gap. Yeah. <laughs> of, you know, Stallone's going to write out these instructions on a sheet of paper and he hands it to him and and uh, takes a picture, takes of, a it. picture of it and gives him the sheet. Well, well, don't you want the sheet? No, no, it's in the cloud. And, and he just kind of stares at him and he looks up as he walks away. He's like, what? Yeah, like, the cloud. see what's going on there. Because uh-huh. it's, <laughs> it's, it's ultimate, it's a very serious movie, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But those kinds of pieces are what you need. And we have two actors playing in a pretty dramatic role. I mean, we have, you know, all kinds of different issues here that are being developed and explored. And then we get these pieces of humor and they both pull it off perfectly. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I loved it. I, every, and it's, it's a good thing it was good, right? Because they're like 90% of the screen time. Yes. Yeah. And so if it wasn't good, if, if one of them was missing with the other, they just didn't connect, that would have been a huge issue. So while there's there's other performances, other things going on that I'll let y'all handle, mm-hmm. that for me, that is enough that it really jacks it way up. Yeah. Andrew? Uh, I gave it an eight. Okay. Um, for, you know, I, I definitely agree. I mean, Michael B. Jordan and Stallone just have such a good chemistry on screen. And uh, Stallone, you know, uh, people rag on Stallone for for quotation marks not being a good actor because mm-hmm. he's always just played uh, quotation these meathead kind of characters, yeah, of Rocky, Rocky, Rambo, you know, the Expendables, mm-hmm. you know, action hero kind of stuff. Yeah, and um, he actually got you actually got to see a pretty decent amount of range from him in this film. And I I think the the pacing of being the old man who has to be slow because like his body's starting to fail him. Mm-hmm. It really played into that well, right? Because, yeah. like, he was deliberate and methodical with the way he moved his body and the way that he delivered his lines. And it it kind of lent a gravitas and emotional weight yes. behind everything he did. Yeah. He he definitely had the the air of the, well, I'm, I may not be smart, but he has the wisdom, yeah. right? And yeah. he's, he's doing a great job of imparting that and, and the way he's imparting that to, to Jordan was just, Perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the I basically knocked it at least one point was really more just the rest of the supporting cast. Um, uh, just didn't. I mean, like Bianca was fine. Like she, yeah, I, T- I Tessa Thompson. Yeah, um, she did a really good job. Um, but basically, everyone else was just kind of there to be an antagonist towards him. Or just just or, to kind of exist, like yeah. well, well, we we need a cut man, we need a you know, yeah, or, we have, or to have these people. We, we need you know we need the um the cocky you know UK guy to be the final bad guy here, and that's what we got. Man, yeah. times have changed. We've gone from the the cocky Russian dude to the UK. I mean, that guy was a a machine, part machine, part machine. Part machine. <laughs> Joel. Uh, well, I'm going to actually flip the other direction. I give this a 10. Which oh, wow. Is something Ooh. that I never thought that I would be able to say about a Sylvester Stallone film. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So I know you're about to get into this. But now I feel really bad. <laughs> there, there are, you should, there are objections to his acting and it's like, yeah, okay, the Expendables, whatever. But 
sure he's only playing the same thing, but he's actually really good at that thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, and this one, this one's different though, right? Because he's not the protagonist. Mm -hmm. He is not put in a position where not only his emotional arc, but his actions have to carry the emotional weight of the film. Mm -hmm. Uh, whereas the the majority of the emotional weight of the film, if not being placed on Michael B. Jordan, is at least placed on the relationship with Michael B. Jordan from right. Sylvester Stallone's character. And so while he does have some really important things that are happening to him, the important part about it as far as the film standing on its own is, is how that relates to his connection with, with uh, the protagonist. Mm -hmm. And... And I don't know, like it's, it's, he pulled that off so well, um, particularly in, in the, cause like the, the most dramatic stuff that his character gets is of course, when he finds out that he has cancer, which is a, a, a very sad scene, but also a fantastically acted scene by yeah, him. Yeah, absolutely. Because like he, he goes through the, okay, I don't understand what you just said. And then, okay, I understand what you said. And that's, yeah, that's really bad. That's not what I wanted to hear. And then the the resolution of touching on old wounds. Mm -hmm. I saw my wife go through this. I don't want to end the way that she did because it was the worst thing I can imagine. Yeah, and and all of that stuff, and it you could just see it on his face, and it was just absolutely incredible. Yeah, yeah. And I I do think it should be fair here as well to throw some of that to Jordan. Oh, we, oh we did yeah. talk a oh, lot yeah, about sure. Stallone. Oh, for sure. Uh, because for he, he plays the um the angry chip on your chip on your shoulder troubled youth yeah yeah he's he's got that and he's got that down to the point where when he's in an office in a suit and tie I believe him <laughs> mm -hmm. when he's you know decking the uh rapper or whatever who mm -hmm. disrespects him I believe him oh yeah when he's you know confronting Stallone I believe like every uh, I'm gonna ping one moment when I was just like oh gosh they didn't reshoot this and it was when they first agree to fight. Callahan, I think is his name. Uh, uh the, the pretty guy at the end. Yeah, pretty, pretty yeah. And he's and he like screams out, "I'm gonna fight whoever!" Yeah. And it's just like, boy, that line that did not land well. And it's the only thing from <laughs> from him yeah. throughout the whole movie where it's just like, oof. Everything else was just perfect. Well, and you and you talk about you know the the different things that he's doing and how it's believable across this wide range, mm -hmm. but the timing of them is is really important and really relevant right. too. Because there are points in his life where he is, he has a support structure and he's very stable. Mm -hmm. And there are points in his life when he feels abandoned by his support structure, which touches on all of his trauma points. Right. And that's when he becomes violent and lashes out because he's, he's, he's adrift. Yeah. Right? Well, spe yeah. Especially whenever, um, Rocky, you know, tells him, you know, he finds out that he has cancer and yeah. then he's like, well, you're not family, you yeah. know, stop kidding yourself. And then it's just like, it's wow, just pull the rug out from right. Under me. Yeah. Like Jeez. a man who had essentially become his stand in father yeah. to say that. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, I mean, it's just heartbreaking. And then, you know, the, then whenever they confront each other, uh, whenever he's in jail mm -hmm. and, you know, he's got tears streaming down his face. That was and, the best scene in the film. Uh, like, like from 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 a character work perspective, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's just brutal. Yeah, and I, I loved I loved the line that they gave Rocky right after the the scene where he tells him we're not actually family, yeah. and he sits down and he goes, "Oh, you're such an idiot. Why did why did you say that? Yeah, <laughs> why did you say that?" And it's and it's not the instability of youth; it is the maturity 
of someone who has like they they don't get overly emotional about anything yeah because they're just seasoned right mm-hmm. and so like he's done his his overly emotional thing was to calmly tell the other character that they're not really family right yeah. like that was his emotional lashing out yeah uh, and he just kind of reprimands himself in an equally calm way uh for being so emotional right like yeah. and it's not to say that that you shed emotions at that point. It's just mm-hmm. that you're less volatile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, while you were saying that, I, I thought of something funny, and this is not to take away from the uh, thing, but uh, Sylvester, Sylvester Stallone, or Rocky in this case, is a very well-seasoned cast iron um, skillet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically non-stick at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the supporting cast, you know, they were there. Yeah. I, I know Andrew hit on that. They, they were there. They They just... I think the the main story was the the two main characters. Yeah, absolutely. There, just, there wasn't enough room for him. We'll get into it in a well, plot. And this, this was a really long film. Like two hours, it was ten two minutes. Two hours. Two, it was like two and a half hours. No, two no, hours, two hours, two, ten hours minutes. two hours, 13 minutes, and six minutes of that is credits. I, oh, <laughs> challenge me on this. I, I beg. Okay, well, while he does that, we're going to go to the score of the score. Take it away. And I'm going to start. Yep. I gave it a 10. Oh, wow. Um, I absolutely love the music in this film and i'm not a hip-hop guy like i don't i don't listen to rap i don't listen to hip-hop or anything like that mm-hmm. this is one of those films where um i basically have the entire entire soundtrack for my workout playlist Joel's Joel's maybe wrong i don't I'm, right? I'm, I'm wrong oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh no i'm um, very confident in my statement <laughs> Um, well, maybe, yeah, th- maybe that's a, maybe that's a pacing issue then. Cause I was, I was going through that like, Oh, this is a really long film. But anyway, um, <laughs> we'll get to that. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, no, this is, I have pretty much all of the music in, in a workout playlist that I listen to regularly. Um, and, uh, the, the main theme that they have for Creed specifically is very memorable mm-hmm. and you like, you'll know it if you hear it and you'll be humming it and, and, listening to it in your head after you watch the film. And then you still get the actual Rocky theme as Mm -hmm. well, which is very memorable. Um, I mean, I just, I can't talk enough about it. It's very, it's just a hype soundtrack. Okay. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to come in. I'm I'm (laughs) going to, I'm going to dampen this a little bit. Uh, Well, we're going to start off with this with our composer is Ludwig Gordonson, who is a Mandalorian fame. Okay. Among others, he also is Doo-doo. he also is a performer Doo-doo. in the movie. <laughs> he is a cameo when she introduces her band. That's uh-huh. that's the composer oh, for the that's movie. Cool. That's cool. Which was I saw I saw it and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, I gave it an eight. That's fine. I think, that, I think that's more fine. than fine. Yeah, I think for the most part, because I mean, again, this is a really weighty emotional film. There's mm-hmm. I mean, we have we have a a orphan who has is you know flailing about for a support structure. We have. You know, old man Rocky with cancer. We have a uh, singer-songwriter. <laughs> who's, who's losing her who's hearing. Losing her hearing. <laughs> I just, you know, a widowed mother taking care of the, the orphan child of her husband's affair. Like, I mean, you can't. So much emotional weight in this. You can't, and, you can't throw a rock without hitting trauma. I yeah. Mean, yeah. <laughs> shake a stick at it, you know? And the music does a good job of supporting that. Yeah. For the most part, I, I don't know that it necessarily ever hit a super, super high. You know, I, mm-hmm. I appreciate the uh, kind of the revisiting of the the, the OG theming yeah. at the end. I, I was a little 
disappoint. And it was it was a plot consideration, I think, of well, the training montage has developed the characters, but the classic Rocky training montage is a banger of a song. Well, it, yeah, it's Eye of the Tiger, right? But, I mean, what you, hey, but we didn't it's the get 80s. it. We didn't get it. We don't need it. I don't know that that's true. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't need it. You probably have almost no connection to the other movies. <laughs> that's absolutely one hundred percent true. Okay. <laughs> so, so for me, like that's that was kind of you know, of all the opportunities for a nostalgia bait, which they avoided. Which that, I'm glad that was the one that if they had done it. You would have been okay with I it? I would have, no, I would have praised them for it. <laughs> and even if they had, because again, like you said, there's a lot of hip hop yeah. and a lot of, you know, stylistic choices here. Even if we had gotten something similar to it within that kind of flow, then I would have appreciated it. But we just didn't quite hit that point. Well, that's totally fair. So, Joel? Uh, I also gave it an eight. Okay. Uh, I I didn't, like, I I appreciate the cultural touchstone of the, of the majority of the contemporary music selection. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I felt that maybe they overdid that a little bit and it kind of bled into scenes where it didn't, it didn't need to be. And like it, it, it took the place of what could have been compositions that more supported the emotional content of the scene. Okay. Um, and, uh, but I, I, I think my favorite bit was the, the musical numbers that were used during the two big fights. Yeah. Um, cause like, especially that first one, because it just, it's so subtle the way that they use the driving beat. Yeah. And, and um, it, keep, and it keeps the tension. Yeah. It keeps the tension and then it escalates and escalates and escalates. And as you get to the end of the four and a half minutes, it's mm-hmm. really driving and exciting yep. as, as he goes for the knockout. And, um, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's what I yeah. got. That's fair. Yeah. Well, is it time to talk about some plot? It is time to talk about the plot. Andrew, you want to start us off? Sure. I started off on score. I'll start off on this We're one. We're just going around and around. Yep. Uh, so I gave it an eight. Okay. Um, mostly uh, the 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 only thing that really kind of takes it away, but it's also a good thing too, because it it's still just the you know standard uh, relative underdog story mm-hmm. of you know the the grizzled old teacher mentor is is lifting up his his new and and cocky. Um, fighter, uh, tale is all the time. I mean, it happens all over mm-hmm. the place. Um, but it's still basically just Rocky one, mm-hmm. um, just the entire film, yeah. almost beat for beat, which is fine. But, um, you know, whether you like that or not, um, or if you want to, but they still do a lot of the, the story beats in kind of new and interesting ways to make it a fresh take. But overall, the general overarching story is just Rocky one. Mm-hmm. But he loses at the end instead of, you know, wins. Right. Mm, no. So Rocky one ends in the same way, actually. Does it? Yes. It's a. It's oh, you're a, right. He does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A, a I split. was thinking Rocky three. I'm not sure. But maybe Rocky two. Both, both <laughs> Rocky one and Creed one uh, end in a split decision, which defaults to the title holder retaining their title. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That is fair. So I gave it a nine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I appreciated the, I, the concept that we got mostly Rocky one again. Yeah. Uh, Which is they, a great film. It, it's a great film. And they danced away from a lot of the stuff. So in Rocky one, there's a big focus on Rocky is basically a debt collector for shady loan shark yeah. mafioso. And so we didn't get any of that kind of stuff. Which is nice. Nice. Well, and that, like a lot of that is more of just storytelling of the time. Right, yeah. Uh, you know, because you have the gritty Philadelphia, 
um, you know, upstart that starts from literally nothing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, anyways, continue. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think my biggest ding for it is that, I, well, Joel already kind of mentioned that he thought the movie was a lot longer than it was. Uh, so maybe it was a little slow at times. And also the the love story, while I didn't think it was done poorly, it didn't maybe get quite as much time as it needed to breathe. I think it maybe needed one more scene. They needed something more in, in between. Like there was some transition that's where something needed to hit and it just didn't quite get – it just didn't didn't get wedged in. Mm-hmm. I mean ultimately the story was our two two mains here mm-hmm. and she was kind of a, the, the, the side story. Like if you eliminate that subplot, I think I think it's not fair to say that nothing changes because I think you do lose a little bit of him having another character with which to have a connection where you get to explore where he is emotionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because yeah, you definitely don't get that same side of him being the boxer. Right. Right. No. And and so like there there is something of value to get there, but it is it is like less of it's like a a, a reduced investment. Right. A return on investment, well, if that makes sense. And, and this is kind of my my where I, where I was going with it was there's a, another story to be told in there that we got even less of, which is him and his mother. Yeah, and that could have kind of been your fill in for that. That's but, true. But the result was we had both a love story, which totally fine. And I don't have. I do. I loved the you know the the scene on the couch, right? And then the camera pans up to the turtle. Yeah, because the turtle has it's like, and the turtle saw it all. The, well, the, the turtle, <laughs> the turtles existed since Rocky won. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah that's that. That's that's another. Again, you, okay, you, yeah. you don't get it, but that's his. That's the tur- He had two turtles as pets in mm-hmm. Rocky one, and actually, that's how he met his future wife. She worked at the pet shop, mm-hmm. and he went there with the turtle. Anyways, so so it was very subtle nostalgia baiting. Uh, but yeah, I think there could have been maybe more opportunity for either more in the love story. Or we could have actually gotten more room to work with the mother because I think there's a lot that could have been there. Yeah. And it just wasn't because. Right. Because there was, there was that at the beginning of the film, she's like, well, if you're going to do this, you can do it without me. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, when he goes to the final fight, it's like, okay, she, she sent him her token of acceptance and support through the boxing shorts. And, and now right? she's going to watch it on TV. Right. But we don't really get them. Yeah, there, there, was, there was no arc. There was no yeah. transition. There was nothing that occurred in between those points that changed her or his relationship to her. And, and like, there's a there's a chance there because they, they highlight how earlier on how Rocky has not spoken to yeah. his friend's widow in a very long time. And, like, there was that moment of, you know, because it makes it, they make it very clear that Rocky must have said something to Bianca. But there is an opportunity there for a moment of, well, well, the relationship here has caused Rocky to also mend mm-hmm. that gap. And right. that's and then, and and then, he benefits from And it. then you could have a scene where Rocky is dealing with the guilt of Creed's death that kind of again. started so, all right. over. Yeah. Like, um, so I'll, I'll just interject here. Um, no, granted, you know, this is one singular film. There are two Creed films. Oh, I mean, I yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, may, be, we may be treading on stuff. That you, can, you are treading on stuff that does happen okay. in, in the next yeah, I figured there is, again, we have multiple films. There's yep. an opportunity for more of this. It's just within that, the arc wasn't there. Yeah. And I still gave it a nine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, absolutely. Joel. All right. Well, I'm going to go in the other direction again. I and I gave it a seven. Eh, okay. Fine. Um, so I I think two two main things. Mm-hmm. Um, one was, uh, and this is kind of a, it's kind of a nitpick, but they did cross the line with the nostalgia baiting one time that I, I noticed, and that was with the title card. 
um, yeah. where where it's it's in oh, the yeah, yeah. juvenile hall, and and he's like, "What was his name?" And well, so what was funny when I was watching this, because um, I remember whenever we were pitching this to actually review on yeah. the show, um, I was like, oh, we should watch Creed. And you were like, I've never seen any other Rockies. Can I watch this with that? I'm like, yes, there would be no problem with you watching it. And literally within the first like 30 seconds uh-huh. of the film, like, ooh, yeah, yeah, you're not really going to get that unless you uh, that, are familiar yeah, with hit, the older one. Hard. <laughs> and, so, and so the reason that that's a nitpick is because the intended audience is people who have watch the Rocky mm-hmm. franchise. More than right? likely, yes. Um, so, like, you want something to stand on its own, and by the merits of the rest of the film, they've made this to stand on its own. So, mm-hmm. this is this is a really minor thing. The The big deal, I think, was was to do with the pacing of the film mm-hmm. um, and the fact that in between the two fights, it felt like nothing happened. And it was a really long time of nothing happened, right? Where you had... You had Rocky em- got chemo. You had... <laughs> <laughs> you had emotional development, but there was there there felt like there needed to be a touch point of a major event Jordan somewhere B in there. Went to jail to where you, that was that happened. It was one night. It wasn't it wasn't that big. A deal. <laughs> but but the point is, like a lot of little things happened, right? Yeah. And you want a major event to tie a a an act to. I I, I don't disagree. Yeah, uh, um, I, I definitely think that there was it was missing something a little bit in the middle. Yeah, and it also felt really weird to go from um, I'm fighting unlicensed boxing matches in Mexico to one local dude whose dad wanted me to fight him just because he knew who I was, and then uh, I'm fighting the you know the champion of the world no. next, right? Like, okay, so, so uh, uh, yeah, we you, both we both yeah, want this. You, you got I'll, it. No, 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 no after you. Okay. <laughs> I have to be super pedantic. This is exactly how boxing works. Well, then boxing is really weird. It is very <laughs> weird. There's a reason why it struggles to survive as a sport. But there's also a reason why everyone, when it's like, this guy's 12 and 0, he's 17 and 0, he's 16 and 0. It's like, who in the world in this sport loses? And it's because deliberate mismatches are found mm-hmm. to inflate records and also. It's purely, I mean, the, the biggest names in boxing are the promoters, right? It's all about the promotion. So Creed being released as this big name, you know, the son of the former heavyweight boxing champion of the world and uh, Pretty Ricky's manager, promoter, jumping on that and saying, this is the goal. This is, he's got his 15 minutes of fame. This is our golden opportunity. This is your last chance to put your name in lights. We should take this if they'll take us up on it is like exactly how that world works. Yeah, so like it, it you can uh, basically like if you are like higher ranking, you can you, basically anyone can kind of challenge anyone else and it just depends on if they want to accept it or not. Right. And um if you are a an, a, an unranked person and a, a higher ranked person challenges you and you beat them, well now you're their rank. That just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> would, would, you, would you like to hear what the plot of Rocky 1 is in regards to how these titles Well, you've work? already said it's the exact same thing. <laughs> it's pretty much the exact yeah. same thing. R- Rocky is actually basically an unlicensed. He is being called actively being called a bum by random people and also the guy who ends up being his trainer. Yeah. And then Apollo Creed, as the reigning heavyweight champion of the world, they can't find anyone to fill his card to fight and they want to box on New Year's Eve or day. And so they just go to Philadelphia and they go through a list of people and like, this dude's got a cool nickname and you can beat the crap out of him. And then the shock is that Rocky goes toe to toe the whole way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and kind of the whole 
thing is that essentially they are their Quidditch marks doing him a favor by allowing um, him to fight Apollo Creed, right? Well, because I mean, it'll give a, him a name, and, payout. Yeah, yeah. yeah there, there's a lot of um, monetized stuff that yeah. are incentives for that to happen. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the boxing world is objectively very weird. <laughs> it college football actually does the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like when Alabama plays, you know, the the eastern, western, north, central state, and beats them, you know, seventy to zero. They that team was paid hundreds of thousand dollars to be there. Yeah, like same same concept. Yeah, 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 because it's it's you know I am only challenging you because I know that I can beat you. Yeah, we we, and, we need some practice. We need to tune up or yeah, whatever. And and the person that is being challenged, you're like, please, I will fight you because this this will get my name out there. I can get some money while and, I'm doing and it. And if something happens and they win, and I just took your title. Yeah, like they're technically risking it all, which is why they're picking easy wins. lemons. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So, sorry, not to go into a really, just, we're going to talk super, like, let's go into the <laughs> psychology of the sport. Uh, but yeah, but so. It's actually really accurate. Okay. Yeah. It feels bizarre, but it's just because boxing is, in fact, bizarre. Bizarre. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's still. <laughs> it's, no, no, your score is fine because, again, coming at it from an outside perspective, yeah. you're like, man, this is really weird. <laughs> and so, like, you know, there, there's still certain, I guess, I guess the issue is the scale of escalation, right? right. Was unnecessary to tell the emotional story. Mm -hmm. You could have had, I mean, you still needed escalation, but you didn't have to go to champion of the world levels of escalation in order to sell the, I need to prove that I am worthy of my father's name. Oh, but they, they had to mirror Rocky one. <laughs> I, I mean, fair, I guess. <laughs> I, I love how back in the, the eighties, it was just, well, I just can't find one to fight. Whereas in modern day, it's, well, I've got a gun charge going to jail. I need to fight somebody. <laughs> <laughs> my hell times have changed. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. So yeah, we're going to move on to the entertainment. Yeah. Of, of said film. And I'll take this one first. Sure. sure. Uh, and I gave it a eight. Wow, that's actually pretty high praise for someone that does not like sports. Well, I mean, I, there was an awful lot of technical prowess on display yeah. in this film that was so much fun to watch. Not only the physical prowess, which was very impressive, uh, but even more the prowess in cinematography. Mm -hmm. um, and just the the camera work all throughout the film was just beautiful. Just fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And and so like the the pacing issues through the the middle part of the film kind of made it drag a little bit, which kind of pulled the, the entertainment value down, I think. Yeah. Um, but, but other than that, it was fantastic. Yeah. I also gave it an eight. I figured we're, because we're I know what source, my score we're is. We're seeing the source yeah. of this average. <laughs> uh, a lot of similar points to Joel. For me, again, as someone who grew up watching these films, the nostalgia baiting works for me, right? Yeah. The, the shadow boxing, the YouTube video on a projector is just, you know, chef's kiss. Uh, the shorts at the end, is perfect because again it's nostalgia for me like i i i watched apollo creed come out in these shorts and, yep. and just go full on america uh <laughs> do a 20 minute dance number in, uh, before fighting before russia <laughs> <laughs> but they were all super impactful to the main character they told a ton of his story personality characterization they had meaning for him it was not well this is how han solo got his gun boys and girls yeah it was impactful through the moment so it works on on multiple levels i think it, for me where the entertainment falls down is the pacing was a little slow I, I, although i will say i love love the second training montage in mm -hmm. the hospital because a big thing with 
the Rocky movies is Rocky's poor. Yeah. And his the way he works out in Rocky One, he works out by punching meat that's hanging in a you know at a, a meat packing factory. So it's the the same idea of what well, you find if you want to work out, you find somewhere to do it. You find a way to do it. If you yeah. want to train, and we got the same thing here, and that is perfect for me on just so many levels. But the the pacing, I think. There could have been a little more in the love story. I would have liked a little more with the mother. Obviously, maybe some spoilers. Andrew's saying go watch the next one, maybe. I don't know. The next one was good. I enjoyed it. Okay. And not as as good as this one. Okay. It's going to be really hard. We can only give Rocky cancer so many times. (laughs) (laughs) Andrew? Uh, So I give it a nine. Okay. Um, It was, I I, I love sports films, uh, especially good underdog story. And uh, you pair it with some really good inspirational music and um, just some really good performances. And it's, it's really hard for me to just not want to watch it mm-hmm. a lot. Um, I don't give it a 10 just because the middle of the film is very emotional. And um, sometimes I don't want to, to you to know, cry. go through that yeah. journey again. Yeah. Um, but I will absolutely go and rewatch the one shot fight endless amounts of yeah. times because yeah. it's just a technical masterpiece and it's fantastic uh one of the other little nods that i really liked was during the first training montage um you get uh, michael b and and um sylvester basically doing speed bags simultaneously mm-hmm. next to each other and um it's one really cool just seeing good speed bag but then it's also really fun seeing sylvester stallone still being able to do speed bags at that speed. Well, I really, I really loved to later on in the film after, you know, Rocky's agreed to go through the chemotherapy and, and they stuff, do the same and shot. It's the exact same shot, but it's just he's not there. Yeah. yeah. And so that, that was really poignant. That was, yeah. that hit yeah. really hard. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a really good emotional ride front to back. And uh, I mean, if you haven't seen it and you're still listening at this point, like just go and watch the movie. Yeah, what are like, you doing? <laughs> you you could be halfway done by now. Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> ah man, it's it's a great film. Uh, and I, I, you know, I I get really emotional with those kind of stories. Yeah. So like I'm I'm always there for those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think uh, unless anyone else has got anything else to add, that is all the time we have for this episode. So until next time, I'm Stephen. I'm Andrew. And I'm Joel. And as always, every spoiler was intended. Thank you for tuning in. If you like what you heard, you can support the show for as low as $1 at patreon.com slash spoilers intended podcast. We also have a Discord server and would love to have more people joining in the conversation. Links are in the description below. Thank you.